So if I would give you our, our mission statement and vision, it's we are an online study Bible with social media community. Our mission is studying scripture to live praiseworthy life to God. Mm-hmm. Our vision is that a company of, that's a twist on words from being in the secular world, mm-hmm. uh, that a company of believers are studying scripture to live praiseworthy so we can engage each other. And our hope is that pew sitters move to, from sitting in the pew to being a disciple and then to disciple teachers, thus bearing fruit for Christ. Well, welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm Mike Dodds. I'm the uh, director of CU Press and the mentor for the Master of Divinity degree program here at Calvary in Kansas City, Missouri. Our guest today is Rick Joyner. He's a seminary student here at Calvary at a distance. And he's got his chickens behind him. You know, one thing neat about Rick, he always had a good background here. He was an online student for me. Uh, Welcome to the conversation, Rick. Well, thanks, Dr. Mike. And uh, is it okay to tell folks that uh, your class and research is a tough one and a good one? (laughs) Don't scare anybody away, please. (laughs) Appropriately so. Yeah, you bet. Well, Rick and I uh, met back last spring in a systematic theology course that I was teaching here that semester, and Rick was one of the online students. Uh, in fact, we had more online than we had in the class for that class, and that's normal. People are busy and they're in ministry. Over the weeks of the course, Rick, you you shared a little bit about your life and and your ministry, as well as an interesting background. And, and I learned pretty quickly, part of which is if any of our listeners do a quick Google search for Rick Joyner, they'd find a Rick Joyner who is not you. There is a Rick, R-I-C-K, pardon? I said, I'm not that guy. No, you're not that guy. Well, he's, there's another gentleman that has a a ministry online and his uh, presence and his name is R-I-C-K. The Rick we're talking to today is R-I-C. But that Rick Joyner is, uh, um, got a big ministry and we at Calvary would disagree with him on some significant points of theology. But anyway, we're talking to you. Uh, let's start a little bit about yourself, Rick. I, I chose you uh, to talk to a conversation today because you, in a sense, representing many of our students. You know, we, we've interviewed a lot of other people, and I thought it'd be very appropriate to interview a student because you represent a lot of people at the seminary that we minister to that are out in life, out in ministry. But uh, tell us, where do you live? What do you do? Okay, well, I'm in Ocala, Florida, and um, we uh, were retired from uh, being a CEO of an employee benefits administration firm that dealt heavily with technology, and many people would understand those as um, flex plans, Um, and that's what we did, and um, so I used to go around and teach all around the country to lawyers, CPAs, and insurance agents about how to look at the law. And um, and then uh, once uh, once it was sold, my my wife asked me not to go with the company that was buying us, and uh, asked if um, she said she wanted to do something. And so, after about a year of praying and studying scripture together, my my wife and I, because after all the years that we'd been Christians, not one church that we'd been in actually showed us how to study the Bible properly, and which is very interesting because when you say that to pastors, sometimes Dr. Mike, they'll they'll stop and they go, well, I'm doing that every Sunday. Um, and I would say, okay, 
that's fine too, but I didn't, you know, for 25 years. So one of the 25 to 30 years. So one of the things that we did is we, we started studying scripture together um, and it revolutionized our lives. Um, and as you'll ask me in a little bit, we were in charismatic circles for many of those years. And there's a promise of intimacy, miracles, signs, all these different things. We didn't experience any of that until we submitted our lives to wanting to live praiseworthy to God. That's how we study scripture. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. Well, so we started Bible study companies, what I'm saying. Yeah. Com, which we'll get into later, I think. But but you came out, out of your own personal desire for Bible studies, what it sounds like. Well, um, a, a gentleman that's a Christian scholar, his name is Dr. Baruch Corman, loveisrael.org. Hmm. He was a Jewish Christian man that um, that is a scholar. He has a PhD in, in uh, Jewish culture and languages. He lives in Israel now. But one of the most amazing things about it is he was trying to show us that we need to look for the plans and purposes of God, not our own agendas. Mm. And that changed because I put myself in a frame all the time of it's my needs and God is supposed to meet my needs. Mm. It's a very subtle thing, but um, that's what we call our, we called ourselves pew sitters. Huh. Um, and, and so another word we use is I, we were consuming in the pews. In mm. other words, that we just took in, took in, took in. And if we didn't like what we were hearing, we just move on someplace else. We had no idea that um, we really needed to submit our lives um, to live praiseworthy to God. And that changes your Bible study dynamic, which means lots of proper study have to happen, like hermeneutics, languages, um, theology, doctrine, all these things. And I did a search and ended up um, coming to Calvary, which I'm so glad I did, because all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together for me. Mm -hmm. well, a, go ahead. The pieces of the puzzle that were missing for me is, um, like, for example, being in a charismatic world, I had a helmet on of thinking that drove how I looked at the world. And once um, we started really being serious about the word of God and um, not legalistically at all, but what happened is, is that my thinking started to change. And so what ended up happening is I'm no longer charismatic. Now, when, pe when people hear that, that are charismatic and are listening to this, they'll say, oh, he's legalistic now. He's religious because that's how you're trained. And actually, the reverse is true. The people who are, what I found out, we, is we, were, we were the religious ones because we were very performance-based. We were reading scripture to find out the next buzz, so to speak. Hmm. And today, the supernatural presence of the Lord is in our lives, and we feel the care of the Lord, not feelings, not experience, but we see it in our lives. It's completely different than anything I've ever experienced. And so um, I don't like labels and stuff like that, but I do believe the sign gifts have ceased. And I can prove it in scripture. So, and part of it has been because of the professors and the kindness of patience with, with me, of one um, professor I'm talking to. 
right now. So anyway, that that's kind of, and so we've dove it in, my wife and I, and it'll radically change anyone's marriage if you study scripture together. Because wow. you have two different polar views and um, it exposed lots of needs for communication. That we <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> another topic for another conversation, right. maybe. <laughs> but that's okay, yeah. You know, um, okay, we could go down that for sure. You know, how uh, hearing God's word, his truth is a couple, you know, is what you're saying. Um, you described, and we talked about it in class, you know, we did bibliology. That was one of the topics we talked about. And it wasn't Bible study and hermeneutics, but yet you, you, we, we definitely had to come back every time talking about, all right, so what's a good hermeneutical approach to that topic, whether it was mm -hmm. theology proper and and uh, we talked about the Trinity and whatnot, but uh, it, what I think I hear you saying, put it in the context of what we say here at school, is uh, you were hearing an improper, inadequate hermeneutic. Correct. And you needed to hear and follow and use a good hermeneutic here. Uh, and I'm talking about your background, but why why go to uh, a school for some graduate work? Uh, what You could have done a lot of studying and reading on your own. I mean, there well, are, I'm not trying to disparage that at all. There's a lot of good stuff. And, and you know what? That's um, that's something that I wrestled with a great deal before spending the money because I also have, being a CEO, I didn't go to school until I was 42, but yet I was the CEO of a company that had roughly 150 employees. And the interesting thing is, it was at the time of 2000 when, when it was a Wild West show in IT. And, you know, it was right around when businesses were you know, managing their businesses online. And I'm telling you, people came in and started to rip us off. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I needed to go grow up and go to school and figure out what I need, what I needed for IT. So I ended up with a bachelor's of science in IT, which is problematic because people will say, well, what's your degree? And I have to say BSIT. So you kind of learn, you know, the credibility falls over. They think you're kidding. Um, and then I went on to get a master's of business because, um, and the reason for it was in project management. So, and so now I do a complete 180 career switch. In a sense, we retired, um, but we didn't retire because you got to retire to something. And so what ended up happening is, um, over the years, I'm trying to show people what we learned about Bible study and trying to get good hermeneutics, um, trying to get good methods. And there's all kinds of different methods. There's a little literal hermeneutical grammatical one. There's inductive Bible study. And mm -hmm. all these are good, but we want to find what God's uh, purposes and plans are. Mm -hmm. So um, that doesn't fit in a nice, neat box. But it's almost like my foundation was completely cleared off and the Lord was helping rebuild it back. And so some things came back. Charismatic stuff didn't come back. Mm -hmm. uh, but what happened then, your question to answer it, is this. There were still all these pieces of the puzzle that had to come together. And I didn't realize. And, and again, you're exactly right. I was indoctrinated in a sense by the fact that you don't need to go to school and you don't need to have uh, any type of degree. And they'll, what they'll say is it's a cemetery. You've heard that, uh -huh. not a seminary degree. 
Great. Well, what's really interesting to me is um, by get by starting down this path of the MABT, all these pieces of the puzzle started coming together, and I have a clear view. It's almost like the mortar in the blocks that are being put together. And mm -hmm. so having a seminary degree in this fashion is it causes me more questions. It causes me more engagement with professors that know. And it's um, been, it's like I said, it's the mortar in the blocks. And, uh, mm. and, and I just needed that tremendously. Mm. So when did you start, yeah, shift just slightly. Um, I, I hear the progression of you, you, the Lord really got a hold of you concerning your, the word and what, what is God communicating through the word and, um, but, and then you made a choice to come get some graduate education there, but your ministry, your online ministry, what's the, uh, online study Bible com community what you call it. When, when did that start? Was there a process? Was there evolution to the idea? Correct. In, in uh, 2015, um, my, my wife and I had been praying. We'd have a year and we'd been studying scripture together and we needed to find, you know, work to, to do. And so um, what ended up happening is we just, we felt like we wanted to together help people study the Bible to and independent of churches or anything else, but work with churches to figure out how to do classes to do to study scripture. Well, walking into a church and saying, um, pastor, is it okay if I talk to your people about studying the Bible? Sometimes doesn't go well, but if they get to know you and they know your Bible chops, that's my version, yeah. um, the seminary, um, they're more open to that. And so um, church for me, because I'm used to the secular work world, church to me is a little bit of an odd thing. And um, just that's a whole other topic. But <laughs> yes, right. um, I felt like I needed to go and, and get going. So what we did was we hired out um, firms, which I helped direct, uh, that a firm that built a website Call, and what we wanted to create a community outside of Facebook and Bible study company was born. Now it doesn't have every single Bible in it, but it does have comparison Bibles that you can make. Um, it's got KJV because what we wanted to focus on is the translations that are closest to word for word as we could get, which is really hard anyway, going from English from Greek to English. But, we have NASB and it's all tied to Strong's. So all somebody has to do is click a click a word and it'll take you to Strong's. And then we have a camera icon on there and Dr. Corman is showing how this fits into Jewish context and culture. Because as you know, that's a proper Bible study method is to put it in the culture and the thinking of how people would receive it. So that grew, that grew from 2015 to 2016. We launched in 2016, and they're taking out the spammers. We have close to 1,000 people. We also have a podcast that my wife and I uh, talk about, and we have a YouTube channel under Bible Study Company. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be doing some shorts soon, um, a whole bunch of shorts uh, to deal with some issues that I run into in the church. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I want to finish my degree before I actually go to churches and say, hey, I would really like to show your people how to study scripture and getting moving them, getting them moving to being a disciple. Because it's essentially that's the that's what it, you have to get people saved, obviously, but then you've mm -hmm. got to be a disciple. And if I'm just consuming and I'm not engaging the word of God, then I'm not. Am, am I a disciple? That's mm -hmm. the question. Yeah, yeah. You, you use the word community in the title, online Bible study community, and you also talked about Facebook and and I'm I'm not really a, a, a social media person. Is it like a social media platform in one sense? It is. It's very yeah. simple. It's how um, Facebook was years ago. Folks can engage, put their studies up. They can um, invite friends. They can do do all this stuff. Now, right mm -hmm. now, it's completely free to use. Um, and a one for for um, young people on the site, one of the things that they would like about it is you can use it as a web app, or you can use it as an app app. Um, so you could download app on Android, Kindle, and all that. I prefer to use the web app. Um, it's a lot. It's faster. You log in, and what you can do is you can it'll save your place and it'll act like um, a regular Bible that you can mark up and mm -hmm. take notes in and share your notes. And it's very. And there's also we have a, we have a note taker, we have a journal, and we also have prayer uh, journal. So mm -hmm. so you can actually keep track of your prayers and when they're answered. But when we read scripture, we want to make sure as a, as we journal that we respond to God and to the scripture that's in front of us. Mm -hmm. And so so a lot of people find it. In fact, I'm finding pastors go to that first and then we'll go over to Logos mm -hmm. um, or Logos, however they say it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, it's it's fast and uh, and you can get a lot of detail out of it if you want. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm an outsider. I'm I'm hearing you describe your ministry, and I'm hearing this element of community there. Are you envisioning? And I'm wondering about a mission type statement that a person would have if they start a ministry. Are you envisioning interaction with the people, this community? Yeah, and they can go and ask questions, um, and and the whole thing. Uh, that's what's really neat about it. So they can they can engage their friends. They can engage themselves. Um, they can um, actually ask questions, and we'll help research it because we want to create a database of questions. Um, in fact, I'll give you our, um, our our mission statement, as you said. So, if somebody was to ask me, there's always important to know a 40 second elevator speech right. of what you do, um, right. and we found that to be true with the gospel too. And I would challenge everybody. In this room, if somebody said to you, well, where church are you at or what are you doing? Do you have the ability to give the gospel in 40 seconds or less? Because yeah. that's about as long as you have the tension span. So if I would give you our, our mission statement and vision, it's we are an online study Bible with social media community. Our mission is studying scripture to live praiseworthy life to God. Mm -hmm. Our vision is that a company of that's a twist on words from being in the secular world hmm. uh, that a company of believers are studying scripture to live praiseworthy so we can engage each other and our hope is that pew sitters move hmm. to, from sitting in the pew to being a disciple and then to disciple teachers thus bearing fruit for christ cool 
So yeah. there's those multiple layers that you have going in there. Wow, that's fascinating. You know, we just had, and I say we, the we now is the Calvary Conversation hosts. There's four of us. And we've been doing some discussions where the four of us are in the room in the conversation together. And one of the recent topics was on social media. Um, what's the good side of it? What's the downside? Where can Christians use it? Where should we be cautious? And and so I'm now I'm talking to somebody who's doing somewhat of a social media type. How do you control the discussion? Make sure it, it goes in a good good way, doesn't get frumpy or whatever negative word you could use. Yeah, and um, depending on, like, for example, if you're on YouTube, that's a form of so social media. Yeah. You'll get lots of haters and you just either block them or not engage with them. Yeah. Um, Gabe, engage those. And what I get, we get on YouTube is people that won't read, they won't watch the video, but they will make a comment. So we we just challenge them to please read, watch the video. <laughs> so that usually ends anything. On Facebook, it's a lot different um, because you, you have to be, um, I don't like this word, but it's used a lot today. And that's intentional in the sense that you've got to write things in such a way that leave people open to wanting more. Like right yeah. now, just before I came on with you, I'm engaged with a neighbor who's very Catholic. And he is stunned that God is a personal God and actually speaks mm -hmm. to us. He, mm -hmm. he had no concept of that. And so gently, you know, he said, well, I think that's a logical fallacy. And I said, well, <laughs> I said, your comment is the logical fallacy. And here's why. Mm -hmm. Here's where God is speaking. You can go look those up to people because he wants to engage us personally. And uh, so anyway, it's turning into an interesting conversation. But there's another guy who came on and he was a Catholic apologist. And he was telling me that the gospel that's clearly written in the scriptures is not what Paul meant. Hmm. So you can imagine Luther and the, you know, Council of Trent. <laughs> and um, I just said, well, um, <clears throat> unfortunately, that's not uh, correct. And here's what's correct. And he finally said, I don't think you're going to change my mind. And I'm definitely not You're going to change your mind. I said, for sure. Yeah, so, I, part of our discussion there the other day was how do you have a a, a person honoring and Christ honoring conversation through media? Go ahead. It, that's exactly it. That's your that's your question. And and if you're behind the keyboard and you've got emotion behind it, you uh, need to check. You need to check it. We we want to open folks up to Christ, not shut it down. I like what Doctor Gepfer says. Um, he says he doesn't engage people that want to argue. He just lets them alone. Now, and, I'm uh, a little different because I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll poke the cat, the cat just a little. Try to um, engage there. Yeah. And, and hopefully they'll, they'll uh, they have an honest desire to know truth behind it. And you can, you know, engage that desire, hopefully. But how to weed out? I, you know, I, I, I pray for you all. How to, how to weed out those that are, uh, just wanting to poke back at you and not really hear and listen, you know. Well, and that's it. And that's it. And that's and that's the thing. I'm not afraid to tell um, atheists that, you know, they'll come on and say, you've got a false claim. And I said, you know, I've heard that on the Internet from you guys. 
and you're actually making a negative claim. And besides that, I don't believe in your mother. And they'll say, what are you talking about? I had a mom. I said, well, I've never met her. And I said, that's the issue with you and God. You've never met him. Right. So. Wow, cool. Well, Rick, let's shift back a little bit. We're running out of time here, our, our, our clock here. Um, you cut whatever else you want. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk to somebody who was in your, your shoes. You were in a career, you retired from a career, and now you went back to graduate school? Wow. Uh, talk to somebody about the process that might be going on in their heart. Now, we don't know what that is for sure, but God's is nudging you in another stage of life now. Re 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 you know, go back to school. What, what were the hurdles or the thoughts that you all had? The, the thoughts was spending the money. That was one thing. And was I just doing it for my own ego? Oh. And, um, and so I had to wrestle that over several months. And uh, what ended up happening is I needed, I really feel like I need the chops because my wife kind of goes along with me if I'm going to engage with pastors. Um, and them have confidence because our pastor in our church said, I don't give the pulpit up just to anyone. And he said, I can give the pulpit to you and not worry about it. And he just did recently. So um, several times. So I'm going to be speaking again, but it's be directly because of Calvary um, that I've gotten a very, I don't like to use this word balanced because it kind of infers some type of liberalism. You guys have re retained your conservatism, um, but have been balanced in things that aren't, that you can wrestle back and forth with, like Calvinism. Am I four point or five point, or am I not a Calvinism, you know? Yeah, we, we have a definite position, but we try to engage people where they're at, you know, as, as they come and want to do something, what you did, which is, you know, Understand God's word with a little bit more depth, and that's what we can do. Well, I, I appreciate, uh, Rick, your insights, and we appreciate your ministry. And uh, we want allow people to, to get in contact. We want people to get in contact with you. I got down here, uh, your website is uh, Bible Study Company, all one word, dot com. Uh, how could they get in touch with you? What's an email? If you want, if you want them. Well, they can contact me through Calvary, obviously. It's Richard C. Joyner there. Or they can do RJ at Bible Study Company, and they'll get to me. So, uh, we, we and again, it's free to use. So, we encourage folks to use it. It'll help with your studies. Sure. Or if they, if you wouldn't mind, if they got in contact with you about what was your process, and here's mine about God's oh, leading in my life. absolutely love that. Yep, absolutely yeah. love that. Yep. Good. Well, you have the chickens behind you or the pickup truck or whatever. <laughs> Rick, yep. you'd always have something behind you there, which is really good. Um, thanks, Rick, for sharing your faith and your faith journey and your ministry and our prayers for the Lord to use you and continue to shape you and all of us for his glory. And if I can get in touch with anybody here in our listening audience here, uh, you're at the point, maybe seminary or Bible college. And we have both of those here at Calvary University are... Uh, things that you could consider. I'd be glad to talk with you. You can contact me at mike.dodds at calvary.edu or call the school and my extension is 1348. Be a delight to talk to you all. Well, Rick, the Lord bless you. And uh, to our audience, everyone have a good day. Rick, 
Final yep. thoughts? Yep. Here's my final thoughts. I think we should have a t-shirt that says, if you want Bible chops, go to calvary.edu. <laughs> I'll ask the president on that one. <laughs> he has a different way of saying it. But that's okay. That's a good one. Well, everyone, you all have a good day. And thanks for joining us at Calvary Conversations. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.